What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jonathan Cottrell, who is the co-founder of Journeyage. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. For people that don't know Jonathan, which is some of you probably know him, most of you probably don't because it's you know, San Francisco, New York-based. Jonathan is a very early friend from the Phoenix startup community. And uh, he's, you know, he, he's a huge, huge force in the community. And now I'm stoked to have him on the podcast to talk to him about what he's working on with Journeyage. So with that, for people that don't know what you're working on, what is Journeyage? Journeyage is a learning experience personalization platform, and we're helping enterprises and organizations bring about training, whether that's to their employees, clients, partners, whoever that might be. And ultimately, as we look at the ed tech landscape, uh, and what we've seen within what's traditionally called learning management systems. We just believe that the traditional learning that is translated into just this kind of PowerPoint online a lot of times is uh, something that won't last in this digital age and the expectation as to what it is that people are looking for when they're looking to learn online. So. Uh, you know, for us, personalization, we just believe that one size training does not fit all. And we're trying to help solve that problem. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. Very exciting space in education where I spend a lot of my time and brain energy. Um, so let's like break down. So who, I guess on a basic level, who would use Journeyage? Uh, who, who, who's training who? I guess, could you walk through a little bit of, the, of who uses the product and a little bit of how it works? Yeah, we have a number of different types of organizations and enterprises, but I would say typically what we're doing is we're helping organizations that have employee-oriented training. So if that's you know employee onboarding or sales training, culture reinforcement, leadership development, but those that are looking to upskill, uplift, upsize <laughs> their workforce, and uh, that's what we're doing right now. That's the traditional kind of uh, customer that we're serving. So let's say, just to walk through a little bit of the experience, let's say forward thinking, you know, lands a million dollar sponsor tomorrow, which, uh, you know, what would happen? But we're, we're going to say that it does. And I get to hire a team um, and, you know, do whatever, whatever, whatever I want them to, like, whatever is, you know, necessary for the podcast. Um, in what ways would I use Journeyage? Is it is it like helping train 
employees on their jobs? Is it like the values? Could it be whatever I want? Um, I guess in what way would I use the product to help train people that need to learn a certain topic? Yeah, great question. We are really content agnostic. However, that being said, um, you know, there are obviously a lot of uh, use cases you can come up with. Just, you know, you already mentioned some of them. Maybe it's, you know, specific to the job. But a lot of our initial clients and one of the things that we've done right from the get-go is we've really tried to be a culture-first company. So right from um, day one, I mean, literally employee number one, I mean, that was the thing I was focused on um, building most. And so, you know, our cause or, you know, as Simon Sinek calls it, the just causes to co-create the world's most transformative workplace experiences. So that's a cause that's much bigger than training alone, but we think that training, culture, personalization, really uh, creating a place that's safe for um, your workforce and for the people that are a part of it, something that um, gets you excited to get out of bed every morning to do. I mean, we spend a lot of our time working every single day. And so that's the thing that I'm most excited about as much as I'm very uh, grateful for the opportunity to be building this technology. It's an exciting space. At the end of the day, the thing that gets me really excited is building um, and, and co-creating that um, transformative workplace experience. And so culture for me is, is the thing that I think ultimately drives results, performance, product, how you learn as a workforce and so on and so forth. So I think journeyage is really our, our lab as it were to um, uh, kind of figure out what's that look like? How, how do we help other companies do this? And, and now we're doing that. You know, we're, we're helping um, some, some pretty exciting companies and, and I'm really uh, excited to see what comes of it. So one thing that's cool for me to observe from afar is that like I, you know, we've known each other, let's say five years, like if, if for, like ever since I got into startups, you like were one of the first people that I met and what a journey since then. But like I've, I've, you know, we both have like done different things, have gone down our paths and we are where we are now. So I'm kind of interested for you, you know, you know, in context I have on you is that you're an incredible community builder. You're very well respected in many networks. And when you started this, I have to imagine, the, um, I'm guessing that you didn't get your first several customers by just like cold emailing and hustling your, you know, your face off like a lot of people do, right? Because they need to. Um, so I'm curious for you, like, how did you get started with Journeyage? You kind of have this force with you and, and everything you've done up to this point. Do you mind sharing like what was the first six months like? How did you recruit the team? Just like how did you get your customers? Just early, early, early days. Yeah, honestly, the first six months were very much kind of a tinkering exercise. And so me, one other designer guy I've worked with uh, for quite a while named Adam, and he and I would spend a couple hours uh, every week, literally no more than that. So it was like two to three hours every week. We'd get together, we'd you know, kind of tinker, You'd start putting that in front of people. I started talking with um, potential customers and and it was very uh, slow going and, and intentionally so. I wasn't um, in a rush. Um, after about five months of just doing that, slow experimentation, doing that on the sidewall, um, having some other things, um, hired a first employee to really start um, uh, looking at uh, various types of use cases. So. Um, brought him on. His name's Don. He was actually a student at Grand Canyon University. And then uh, we hired our next, you know, we really started 
kind of hard selling it um, about a year after I started tinkering. So it wasn't um, until then that we really started going. We hired our second employee one year after um, uh, I'd started it. And then over the last year, uh, it's literally just about a year that we've been selling and uh, we just hired our, our 15th employees. So um, we've had a lot of growth. Um, we did over, um, you know, a million dollars in, in, um, in closes and sales over the first uh, 12 months. And, and we'll just keep going from here. One thing that I can't help but notice, specifically on LinkedIn, is you're, you're doing this thing, or not you, Journey is just doing this thing where I, you know, I know a lot of people in Phoenix, as do you, and like every either couple of weeks or a couple of months, someone I really like and respect is like, hey, I got some news, I'm joining Journeyage. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, oh, I'm joining Journeyage. And I'm just, you're doing this thing that like is very common in San Francisco. And for me, for my, for my view is, is less common in Phoenix, but like you're doing the exact same thing, which is attracting serious talent publicly. Like, like these people are stoked to be working with you and are telling the world about it. Can you share... Um, I guess how you think about team building and you said you're at 15, 16, these are very talented people. I know, I know a chunk of them, right? Like, how are you attracting this talent? How, how, and how do you think about hiring? Oh, that's a great question. And I, I don't have a science behind that uh, right now. I think, um, you know, part of it is, as you said, I, I think building up the the connections and network long-term. However, a lot of these people that are joining the team, I mean, they're not people that I've known or, or have had relationship with. I think we are really putting it out there and we're just, you know, attracting the best talent that we can for those specific roles and positions. Um, you know, there were certain key hires that had the court, you know, for a while. Our CTO, um, he's amazing. His name's Roz and uh, he's done some really big stuff and sold his, one of his first companies that he was a CTO at uh, to Experian. And he just has decades of solid experience. And so it took me about six to seven months of uh, just like serious courting and, and showing the progress and, and showing that we had real customers and all of that. So, um, you know, there, it goes from that to, we posted out to, to LinkedIn. And one of the things that we've tried to do is be very clear about uh, what our culture is, who we are, and um, intense like hiring process. And we've tried to get that down pretty rapidly, even though we're still a small team. How we do that and how we scale that um, is very important to us. So, for example, um, we wrote about fit. There were about 15 pages um, of recruiting emails. And it's just for every step of the process and being explicit in our communication through every step of that process. Uh, and, um, you know, having multiple interviews, rounds of interviews, peers, managers, executives, to just make sure that we're bringing on the, the right person, that they're you know, hungry and, and someone that's ready to learn and, and show up every day in the way that ultimately matters, which is really your, your character um, more than, you know, just your, your skill set or expertise. So I, there's a lot more I could say about it, but it, it is by far, I, I believe, the most important thing um, uh, that I, I get to do. And, and it's the most exciting thing that I get to do. And, and it's been fun to see how the team has responded to that.
and yeah, that's, that's really interesting how you how you share that. And it's like it, you're right. There's no there's no like oh like I did this and this and this and with this and this is and put this in place and this in place and then I got the perfect output. It's just kind of like how it it is kind of um about making sure the input inputs are as good as they can be, and then the outputs are outputs usually work out. You know, it's not a perfect science, but I, I, I'm always been a fan of like the input philosophy versus focusing on output. Um, although they both matter. Um, yeah. so how do you think about not necessarily long-term, not vision, not like the deep, deep why, but you're kind of in this phase, at least from what I observe, where like you're, you're growing, you know, you're, you're hiring people. You're still kind of like an early, I mean, you're still definitely an early stage startup, but you're also like early in your lifespan. It's not like you've been working, trying to figure this out for years and years and years. How do you evaluate opportunity in front of you? Like you, you know, there's like a venture path. There's like getting a big enterprise customer going super custom. There's playing it slow. There's any, and there's no wrong or right answer, right? It's just making the decisions. How do you think about making sure you're guiding journeyage in the in a direction that will lead you to the outcome that you want in 10 or 20 years yeah so i i think right now especially in the landscape that we're in given uh, covid and just the state of the world as a whole uh we're, we're very grateful to to just be in a really um in a strong position I, you know i i think that we have longevity and we have um, enough fuel in the engine uh, in the tank to, to get us um, a good distance. Um, but we are engineering for profitability. We actually did have profitable months, um, you know, as we uh, started and then we started focusing a little bit more on, you know, investment-based or, or growth-based uh, thinking. But now we're letting that play out so that we get back to a place where we're cash flow positive again. So we're, we're kind of doing this on an ongoing basis and, and really engineering the entire company um, for cash flow um, positivity and, and profitability. So that's what, that's what we're doing because who knows where things go just given the state of the world. And I'd much rather be in a position where if we choose to raise additional investment that it would be because um, we're not because we have to, but because we get to. And and so that's how we're looking at it right now. You could you could kind of pull like a web flow where they they raised a little money, like a, like a million bucks, like six years ago. And then they kind of were under the radar slightly uh, for six years. And then they raised $82 million from Excel. Just like, like skip the seed round completely. I'm not saying that's that, like, that's what you want to do, but it's it's what Jason Calacanis calls the Pegasus effect. Like you take a little money and then you just like fly over all the seed the seed stage investors, um, which is I don't know. It's like I think it's a great way to build a company. Well, I think part you know, and uh, I had seen someone say, "Who cares about you know unicorns? Like I want camels, um, you know, those that can just like take in a ton of water and then just last for a really long time." I think that. Uh, being in the desert, that analogy resonates uh, for me. But also, you know, to be frank, I think uh, we have a team and we do have, you know, some early investors that um, have all been wildly successful. And so um, just given the fact that we have the team in place that we do, it puts us, it, 
it's not our first rodeo. It doesn't mean that um, also that that sets us up for success, but you know, there's plenty that we don't know and that we're figuring out um, based on this market, this product, um, this team and so on and so forth. But I do think it, it puts us in a, um, a position that allows us to at least see some of the things around the corner. And, and also I, I partly just selfishly, I don't like raising money. It's my least favorite part of uh, the job, um, quote unquote, of a startup or true, whatever, tech, high growth founder. So I, given the fact that that's my least favorite part of the job and building culture and, uh, you know, having a, a being, you know, product minded is really where I, I thrive and where I appreciate focusing. Um, I think part of the way we're engineering the company is because of that bent on my, my side. Um, but that's not to say that then just because my proclivity in that direction, um, will, will lead me to always doing it that way. Makes total sense. And I, I, sometimes I wish founders thought about that, like that perspective a little more versus just like raise, 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 it'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. I'm just like, it doesn't always work out, you know, like you gotta be sometimes like build a business before you build like a, that's like, that's a, I spent a lot of time talking to SF founders on and off the podcast. And it's just a middle ground is something that I'm like, that I want to at some point do for myself. So let's talk about, um, not the, not short term, not even midterm, but like, let's go along. Let's say you, 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 you do what you want to do. It's 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What does journeyage look like? Or I guess in other words, you know, what's the big vision and what, you know, how big could it get? And like, what will it look like when it gets there? Well, I think I don't know is the answer as to what it will look like. Um, what do I hope? I think, um, you know, from a vision standpoint on the product is our goal is to personalize learning for every human on the planet. So that's audacious, big, uh, huge, and endless, right? In terms of what that could look like. I think learning is going to go through a dramatic shift uh, in the next 10 years. It already has over the last 10. And so it's going to be really exciting to see what that looks like and to play in that space. And it's just a, it's a massive market that uh, really is an opportunity. It, you know, I see a lot of opportunity go a ton of different directions uh, with that. Um, but in 10 years, if I'm being honest, I, I think one of the things that I really hope for, and it's probably going to be an answer you don't expect, is that I, I hope to be cleaning the bathrooms. And what I mean by that is I, I just want to create, again, a workspace and a place that models what's it look like to to serve from a leadership standpoint and really model that in such a way um, that truly uh, truly exemplifies the idea that we're, we're all in this together and that there's no job beneath me so um, my, my goal is to develop people establish and reinforce culture and clean the bathrooms so that's what I hope in 10 years. I'm cleaning bathrooms. That's awesome. That's a first uh, for the podcast. And I love it because it's, it's, the, it's the message behind it, right? It's like what it's what it, what's what it represents. Um, also, I think, yeah, I love it. Um, that's going to take a lot, right? That'll take, you know, you'll need help. You'll need help from employees. 
you, you might need it. You might need some investors. Maybe, maybe not. You'll definitely need customers, but I'll guarantee you need help from one group of people. And it is the forward thinking founders community. So for my second to last question, how can the forward thinking founders community help you? Is there an ask that you have for the community or anyone listening that can help you move the needle forward a little bit for drainage? I appreciate that. I think one thing right now, we just posted some uh, new open positions where we're looking for a great front-end developer. So anyone that's uh, hungry um, to learn and to really contribute to uh, a stellar product and a stellar product team um, would love to, love to hear from you. Um, and you can go to Journeyage's uh, culture page to see those job postings. Um, and uh, would love to have anyone reach out about that. I think otherwise, if you have any type of training need, you just want to talk about, hey, what, what could this be? Or you know you're, you're a part of an organization right now that is looking to, to build that out and really build a culture first uh, workplace. I'd love to talk with you, regardless of if you use journeys or not. I, I think that's the thing that um, is most exciting for me and I would love to continue to build relationships with other founders that are doing exactly that. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. I also want to mention for the listeners, I just realized this just now, but the reason that I, so as everyone listening knows, I end every podcast for the last 240 podcasts with the question, how, how can we help? Or how can, I mean, sorry, how can the forward thinking founders community help, uh, help the founder that is on the podcast? And that actually, that idea stems from Jonathan. So in one of the first times that we got coffee in Phoenix, like, like, you're, like the rawest version of Matt, um, he, we, we, we had a conversation about startup. I'm sure I was like, use my app for startup week or whatever. And like you finished the conversation with, well, you know, how can I help? Like, what can I, how, what can I do to help you? And it's this ethos that, that, that Jonathan and many others have kind of like pushed through into Phoenix that has kind of flowed through the podcast. So just for full circle, that question from, comes from this guy. So thanks, Jonathan, for asking me that oh, question five you. years ago, because it's a great final question for the podcast. That's great. That, that means a lot. That warms my heart, man. Love it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just honestly love that. That it's just so much has happened in the last five years and it's just cool to just be here talking to you on the pod and learning about what you're doing for the last the last question is, let's say someone wants to connect. They want to apply. They want to, they want to be your customer or anything like that. Where can they find you online? Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook? Do you have an email? You know, how, how can they get in touch? I'm on all of the above and uh, very easy to find me. I don't hide any of that information. You can go to my website. My phone number is there. Email, my work email uh, related to Journeyage is JC. That's Jonathan Cottrell at journeyage.com. Um, my phone number, 480-319-0448. Send me a text. Happy to talk. All right, Jonathan. It, I just called you. Usually I call you JC. I just called you Jonathan. Now I can do both now. Well, JC, great having you on the podcast. Great to connect, you know, once again. And best of luck making Journeyage into a company where eventually you'll be the one cleaning the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing and keep it up, my friend. Thanks.